0: It sure is good to see all of you here today. I'm just going to give you a quick rundown of some things that, good, that blue light, I was afraid my hair was going to look purple, red and blue, Um, but so I'm glad we got that. Now it should look red. Um, so just a, a quick rundown of some things coming up over the next couple weeks. On the Sunday before East, um, yeah, the Sunday before Easter Sunday, the kids will do a special Palm Sunday. Um, they're going to sing two songs, so make sure you're here for that. We're excited about that. Bring your kids so they can practice and be ready for that. We can't wait to see you. Um, and then the Saturday before Easter Sunday at 9:30 a.m. at Friendship Park, we're going to have an Easter egg hunt. So invite. All your friends to come It's going to be fun um, Folks are planning it It's going to be um, It really is going to be A lot of fun So come Even if you don't have kids Come because we'll find Something for you to do Because the rest of us Will be chasing um, Little ones around um, It's not going to be chaotic It's going to be great um, <laughs> And No promises on that, actually. Um, And then on Easter Sunday, we will meet here in this auditorium at 10 a.m. We'll have Horizon Kids and everything like we always do. So please come and make sure to go ahead and be thinking of some folks you can invite um, to participate in this with us. So this week we're going to continue our sermon series journey. Um, it's a sermon series that we're talking about for the next. We've been talking about for the last couple weeks. We're going to continue to talk about for the next three or four weeks. But it's it's as we're journeying through life, right? All of us are looking for this significance. We want our journey, our path, what we're doing, to have some kind of significance. And so we're looking at the footsteps of Jesus to figure out what ways his ministry and life here on earth gave him this significance and this purpose, and what we can get if we journey with Jesus by knowing more about his journey. So um, this week we're going to look at Luke 6. We'll get there in just a minute. But um, a couple weeks ago in my house, I heard this beeping sound. Let's see if we can make it play back there. But We'll try it. Let's see. No, no, okay, that's all right. So there was this beeping sound in my house. Has anybody ever had a fire alarm, a smoke detector run out of battery, and it's like, beep? And you're like, okay, maybe that's just once that it's going to do that. And then three minutes later, it does it too. And it never happens at like eight o'clock in the morning when you're refreshed and ready to like go buy a nine volt battery. It always happens at like eight o'clock when you've just put the kids down. They just fell asleep. You're exhausted and want to watch TV. And what happens that like beeping noise starts. And I just wanted to rip it off the wall. Um, We've been in our house about 18 months, but And I guess that's about how long those little 9-volt batteries last, right? But this smoke detector has saved the lives of thousands of people because when the electricity... (laughs) Ah! Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? (laughs) Post-traumatic stress there. Sorry about that. Um, (laughs) So so it does that. And... um, (laughs) It has saved the lives of thousands of people, but the second that that battery starts to to wind down, it lets you know, "Hey, I'm running out of power. Right? Can you've got to find a new power source for me?" And it beeps like that every three minutes. A couple of day, uh, earlier this week, I was headed to downtown Tampa to a networking event. Um, I had on Waze because I didn't exactly know the building I was going to or where I needed to park. And um, the woman on Waze is like shouting at me, make a U-turn, make a U-turn, because I missed like four turns. Um, It's five, like ten, it's ten minutes after five. Traffic was crazy and I couldn't get in the left lane. And she's yelling at me to make a U-turn. I have no idea where I'm headed. And this is the noise I hear. See if y'all know. That vibration, your phone vibrates in the middle of her yelling at me to make a U-turn. Yeah, There was 10% of my phone left. That's what that meant. I had no idea where I was headed. I had no idea how I was going to get home from where I was headed. And this thing's vibrating and ways can't even... Yeah... We're, I'm, my phone's like, I'm running out of power. It's like literally screaming, find me a charger. And I didn't have my car charger. Um, it, it was literally like running out of power. Then last weekend, I was mowing the yard. Um, we have a push mower. We have a pretty decent size backyard. I'm um, just stops in the middle of the yard. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, my lawnmower has broken down. It is, like, a disaster. This is awful. So I, like, flip it over. I'm pulling clunks of grass out of the blades because I think that's what's wrong with it. I flip it back over. I try to start it. Nothing. It is dead. I kicked it a couple times. And... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, stop it, stop it. Um, Nothing, nothing. And so Chris comes out to the back porch because he sees me, like, frustrated with this thing. I'm pushing all the buttons, making it do all the things I can figure out how to do. And he says, Erica, and I'm like, it is not my fault. This thing is broken down. If you Google the reviews, I'm sure it's terrible. This machine is awful. And Chris is like, Erica, and I'm like, I really didn't do anything to it this time. I promise. It was not my fault. He's like, Erica, I forgot to tell you. I think it was running low on gas. There's some gas in the shed. Just go put some in it. Sure enough, I like opened it up and it had no gas. Uh, But my my lawnmower in the middle of mowing my yard is screaming out, I need some power. I can't keep going. And I don't know about any of you, but maybe in the last couple weeks, maybe this week, maybe this morning, do you feel like that beeping fire alarm screaming out for power? I just need a little power. I'm running low. Or do you feel like my phone, like I need a charge. I need some power. Anybody feel like that lately? Or how about feel like that lawnmower just break down right in the middle of the yard and people tell you you're worthless, but, but all you need is a little gas. Anybody felt like that this, this last couple weeks? Yeah, <laughs> yes. People <are> like me. <laughs> um, I I'm here to tell you that on even when we're journeying in with Jesus, when we're trying to live this life with purpose and significance and following the footsteps of Jesus, even in the midst of that, we're going to get tired and worn out. We're going to run out of power. We're going to run out of gas. We're going to need to recharge. And so this morning, I want us to look at some words that Jesus has to say to people when he starts to run out of power. I've been reading through the book of Luke, and I'm I'm amazed how often Jesus admits to run, feeling like he's running a little low on power. He's defying expectations. He's working this stressful ministry job. He's trying to bring God's kingdom on the earth. People hate him for it. People love him for it. And all this stress, like it really starts to wear you out. It really starts to wear you down. So if you feel like that this morning, if you feel like you might need a little power, a little charge, a little gas, you're in the right place because Jesus has some words for us this morning. In Luke chapter 6, Six verse 12, it, I, I, I think I, yep, during, uh, oops, I, the E was getting, I'm going to admit something to y'all, the E was getting stuck when I was typing the uh, scripture in, so that's supposed to say time, not Tim, sorry about that, um, I need some gas and power too, if y'all didn't know that this sermon's for me this morning. Um, during that time, Jesus went out to the mountain to pray, and he prayed to God all night long. So our first step when we're running low on power is to connect to God. That's how you find power for this journey. Jesus drew away to a mountain to pray. He didn't sleep. It said he prayed all night long. He didn't pray or rest or do like I do and go get a pedicure. That's not, and I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying that's not what Jesus did. He connected to God as the power source, right? When people are wanting all these things from him and And he's just running around like crazy. He takes time to go away to the mountain in quiet and stillness. And he connects to his power source. He connects to God. Because he knew that's where his power would come from. If drawing away somewhere quiet and still isn't a part of your journey. If connecting to God in some quiet and stillness isn't part of this journey that you're having with Jesus. You're going to run out of power. You might not... You you might not beep like that that smoke alarm. You might not vibrate like the phone to let you know that the battery's running out. You might not break down in the middle of the yard like a lawnmower, but you are going to run out of gas and power if you aren't taking some time to be quiet and still and connect to God, our power source. Over this next week, what does it look like for you? What does it look like for you to draw away and have some, some silence and some time to connect with our source of power? with God what does that look like in your life I've been reading Luke a lot this week I just told you guys that and I'm amazed at how often I always know when Jesus does something big it says and then he drew away to a mountain to pray all night and connect to God and then he goes back and does it again he this is part of Jesus's rhythm he knows he has to connect to the power source in some stillness and some quiet as a as a new church start pastor as a mom of two young children as a as a person who's just trying my best to live this journey to to do this journey with some significance i read this the first time and i was like it must be nice to get to go to a mountain and pray by yourself jesus i don't even get to use the bathroom by myself right now and 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 you know what jesus it wasn't easy for jesus to do this and and it became really clear when i when i sort of prayed that must be nice Uh, It became really clear. These crowds of people are following Jesus everywhere he goes. We're about to read. He comes down off the mountain, and there are thousands of people crowding around him, wanting something from him. Anybody feel like that lately? He knew that in order to share power, he had to be able to connect his power source. He had to be able to connect to God. So this week, I challenge you, find some time to draw away in silence. For me, it means getting up earlier than everybody else in my house and sitting on my couch and just reading, reading the Bible, praying and journaling for five or ten minutes before I start my day. And I notice a difference, right? I, I feel different when I've taken time to connect to God in the morning before everybody else gets up. I have more energy. I have more patience. I feel more present with people. I feel different than I do on the mornings that I don't take time to do that. So... Step number one, connect to God. Jesus drew off to a mountain to pray all night long. And then this is what Jesus does. In verse 13, it says, At daybreak, he called together his disciples. So these folks have been following him around while he's done some ministry. Early on, he's like healed some folks and done some things. And so he he gathers these disciples around and it says... Um, Simon, whom he named Peter, so he changed Simon, who dropped his nets. If y'all were here a couple weeks ago, remember that guy? He dropped his nets, and Jesus changed his name from Simon to Peter. It means rock now. His brother Andrew, Simon's, Peter's brother Andrew was there. Matthew, Thomas, James, Simon, who they called a zealot. They were like, you're really passionate. We're just going to call you a zealot. And Judas, the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. So Jesus calls his friends around him. So this is step number two to make sure that you are doing, um, you are connecting to God, your power source. You have got to call, you you cannot do this journey alone. I feel like I say that every other week here at, at Horizon, but it's because I think we deeply know this, right? It, it's something that that we know here That there's something about sharing the load with other people where you get power that you can't explain where you get it from. We were not made to do this journey alone. Um, This is why some of you are here, right? Even if you don't always know why you're here, it's because you know there are some people around you here in this place who will help you carry the load, who will help us do this, this work, of bringing God's kingdom here on earth because we can't do it alone. Chris and I can't do this. The greeters can't do it by themselves. We we need kids, we need all of us to do this alone. And there are some people beyond these walls who don't have the courage or the bravery to walk in here and say, I need some people to walk this journey with me. I'm lost and I'm hurting and I'm broken and I don't know what to do. And so we have to be the kind of people who don't just come here on Sunday mornings to find community and people to do this journey with. We need to be thinking about the people around us who need to know that they aren't alone. We we can't just say we don't do it alone. We've got to make sure that the the people we're working beside, we're playing beside, we're meeting beside, we've got to make sure that they know we are not created to do this journey alone. We simply will run out of power if we don't have someone to share this journey with. So go ahead and be thinking, who are some people I can invite to do this journey with me? So Jesus has... Drawn away to the mountain to pray, he's gathered his disciples around him, and he's headed down off the mountain to be with the people and do some more ministry. So I'm going to read to you what happens in verses 17 through 19. Jesus came down from the mountain with them, and he stood on a large area of level ground. A great company of his disciples and a huge crowd of people from all over Judea and Jerusalem and the area around Tyre and Sidon joined him there. They came to hear him and to be healed from their diseases. And those who were bothered by unclean spirits were healed. Listen to this. The whole crowd wanted to touch him because power was going out from him, and he was healing everyone. There are all these folks who've gathered at the mountain because they've heard who Jesus is, and he's come out where it's level ground. There's all these people there, and they are pumped up, To follow Jesus, they've come from all over to just get a little bit of that power. They come just like we've some of us have come this morning, seeking some kind of power. They've dropped their nets, they've changed their lives, they've changed their plans. They've brought their friends. They're shining light. They're igniting change. They're excited about Jesus being there. They're like pumped up about this journey. So far, this all sounds great. They're watching Jesus heal and give power, and these people are like, "I'm in. I'm on the bus. I want to. I want to see Jesus. I want a part of this journey." And, and I'm reading the scripture, and I'm like that too. Jesus, I'm in. We are all in. But it was probably March when Jesus said this, and Jesus knows the danger of bandwagon fans. And so this is. <laughs> thank you for laughing. It was a March Madness joke, guys. Um, So so Jesus knows the danger of bandwagon fans And I want you to listen to what he says Because he has some good things for those of us who are journeying with Jesus He has some things that we should be really excited about And he has a few challenges that he wants to warn us of As we're getting power for this journey that we're living Listen to this Jesus raised his eyes to his disciples and he said Happy are you who are poor Because God's kingdom is yours Happy are you who are hungry, who are hungry right now, because you will be satisfied. Happy are you who weep now, because you will laugh. Happy are you when people hate you, reject you, insult you, and condemn your name as evil because of, because of me, because of my name. Rejoice when that happens. Leap for joy, because you have a great reward in heaven. Their ancestors did the same thing to the prophets. But how terrible for you who are rich, because you have already received your comfort. How terrible for you who have plenty now, because you will be hungry. How terrible for you who laugh now, because you will mourn and weep. How terrible for you when all speak well of you. Just like a coach, Jesus looks at his followers and he says, here are some expectations for this journey. Yes, there's going to be lots of power. There's going to be healing. There's going to be great things. You're going to watch God's kingdom come. There's going to be awesome stuff. But this isn't a trip to Disney World. This is a journey to God's new day, and there's going to be great blessing, and there's going to be great challenge. Regardless of your circumstances, you are going to have to keep connecting to my power. Jesus said, Happy are you who are poor, Happy are you who are hungry. Happy are you who are weeping and crying and grieving. Happy are you who are hated. Jesus said this, I think, because when we're poor and hungry and weeping and feeling discouraged and hated, we need God, right? In the darkness and the pain and the agony, we turn and we seek God. We know we need God. And and it, it's in this... Jesus is saying, don't let your situation and your circumstances be the only reason you're connecting to me, right? We know this to be true. When we've come to God poor and broken and hurting and needing hope and joy, we found it, right? I've watched it in this very church. I've watched people walk in those doors who were poor and broken down and tired, and I've watched them find energy and people to surround them on this journey. I've watched people who were hungry and craving purpose and meaning in their lives come here and find purpose and meaning through God, through journeying with Jesus. I've watched them find purpose in their parenting, in their jobs. I've watched people literally walk in here and weep. I sat with them at lunch while they wept because they are experiencing the most amazing grief I have ever heard of in my life. And I've watched them laugh, and I've watched God give them a twinkle in their eye back and a passion for doing this work, to watch Jesus do bring God's kingdom here through these bunch of people that call themselves Horizon. I've been told, like... You are a pastor starting a new church. You all cannot go and take the good news of hope and joy and new things to a brewery at Christmas and do a beer and carol service. Like, y'all cannot do that. And Chris and I are like, watch us. We're going to recruit people to to do this. And we we did. We recruited you band folks, and y'all stood up there, and you you sang about the good news of, of a Savior who comes and offers light even in the midst of darkness. Even when we've, to, we've been told, you, you can't do that, you're not going to be able to do that. And that night, we've done beer and carols twice at 8 Bay Brewery. And every time I've been there, I've handed a candle to somebody who's told me, I've not been in church in probably 10 years. I haven't been to a Christmas Eve service in years. And I handed them a candle and we sang Silent Night. And they lit a candle and they knew Jesus was the light of the world for the first time in a very long time. And we left for joy. We were happy and excited that we could be people who bring that kind of news to other people. And we didn't stop there, <laughs> right? We collected enough money that night for 69 students at BT Washington Elementary School, a Title I elementary school in Ybor City. 69 students showed up to school in January with a new uniform, and their moms and dads were told, you don't have to spend your extra bit of Christmas money on a new uniform for your student, for your kid. Buy them something they want. And 69 kids showed up with a new, fresh uniform in January, and we invested in their education for a season. All because people told us, and people told us, you can't do that. There's no way you can do that. And we, we did it so that people would know about light even in the midst Darkness, and we're going to keep on doing crazy things like that because there's a world out there who needs to know that there is light even in the darkness. But then Jesus says something else Jesus says to them, How terrible it is for those of you who are rich, how terrible it is for those of you who have plenty to eat. How terrible it is for those of you who laugh right now for you're going to weep. How terrible it is for those of you who are well spoken of. Now, I don't know about y'all, but that happy are those who are poor. And I was like, yes, I, like that's how I feel sometimes, Jesus. I'm in this. And then we get to this part. And I, I have to imagine that those people in the foot of that mountain felt the exact same way some of us feel this morning. But I, I have money. I have enough to eat. I laughed this morning at my kids playing hide and seek in the welcome signs. I'm I like it when people speak well of me. Like I don't want to be hated all the time. Uh, What does this mean, Jesus? And this is what I think Jesus means. I think it's simply a warning for us. I don't. Jesus is not saying if you're rich and well-fed and laughing, you're out. That's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus is just saying, just be careful. Just be careful. I wrestled with this all week. I was like, what does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean? And I think Jesus is just saying to us, be careful. Because those of you who are rich, who have everything you want and can pay for the things that you want or need, you don't always think you need God. And you start to feel holes and places in your life with things where God's power is the only thing that's going to sustain you. And so it's not going to take long before you figure out that's not enough. That's not enough. For those of us who are well-fed, many of us, are well fed and it just doesn't take long for us to think oh we're self-sufficient we can do this by ourselves we don't need anybody else and so jesus just says be careful Be careful. And some of us in this room listened to that. And on Thursday night, we came and some of us brought our kids to make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for those who are experiencing homelessness and don't know where their next meal is coming from. And we remembered, right, how glad we are that God has enough sandwiches on our table for us and for our family. And we made sure that some other people had it too. Jesus is just saying, be careful. For those of you who are laughing right now, this journey does not promise you're going to laugh and have joy all the time. There's going to be times where you weep and you cry and you experience pain. What does this mean for us, right? And Jesus says, so you steal. Even when you're laughing, remember to connect to me as your power. I don't think in this God is saying, watch out all of this because something bad might happen. I don't think that's what God is saying. But I do think God is saying, even in the good times, make sure you're going away to the mountain to connect to me and to my power. If you're here this morning and you're not connected to the source of, the pow- of, of real power, if you're not connected to God, I just want to say, please don't leave here this morning without knowing what that next step looks like for you. Chris, will, Chris and I will be up here at the front. We'd love to pray with you and help you figure out what that next step is. But for those of you who who have been connected to this power but who are feeling a little drained this morning, what does it look like for you to connect to God, your real source of power? What does it look like just one day this week, a couple days this week, just take five or ten minutes to connect to God. What does it look like to make sure you're not doing this journey alone? Who can help you carry some of the burdens that you are? Who do you need to open up and share something with? Who needs to help you with the work you're doing? And the third, regardless of what circumstances you're in, what does it look like for you to keep connecting to God as your power source? When things are good, keep connecting to God. And when things are not so good, know that in this place you can find healing and rest and power, even when you're poor and broken and given out. Will you pray with me this morning? Gracious and loving God, we give you thanks that you are our source of power. We sang already this morning that we need you, and we do, God, we need you. And so we pray, God, that you will just help us to connect to you in silence and stillness, that you'll continue to surround people to walk this journey with us. And God, most of all, that in all circumstances, we will find ways to connect and find you. We love you and we thank you for loving us. Amen.